Welcome to IPU Podcast. I am your host, Jay Tissy. And I'm Agape Pamiro. This is a show about business owners, philanthropists, and influencers in the African diaspora. Every dream begins with a dreamer, and we're here to share the stories behind their movement. So sit back, relax, learn a thing or two, and enjoy the conversation. Hello, hello. Welcome back, happy people. We're back with another great episode, and we have an amazing guest once again. Uh, he is the founder of Mube Productions. It is an event service company that specializes in DJing and live sound. He has taken over the whole Michiana area. If you're at a party and he's not the DJ, please just walk out because it's not going to be any good. <laughs> Without further ado, welcome, Boomy. What's going on? How you guys doing? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to take part in this and see, you know, have a little conversation. Awesome. We're welcome. glad to have you crazy to see how uh where your business came from man because i remember back in the day you were just djing in the back with me at the church african church learning the, all the sound system now you're a full-fledged uh dj sound event uh guru yeah, pretty man. much that's crazy that's what's up, man. <laughs> yeah man it's it's crazy humble beginnings for sure humble beginnings um kind of just took something um that i had somewhat of a passion for mm -hmm. and you know took the love of music and kind of combined the two and found a way to capitalize on it and make, uh, you know, a decent amount of income through it. Right. Um, so it's definitely been a blessing. Um, you know, God has definitely opened some doors for me as far as this industry is concerned. Um, we've definitely come a long way. We've been in business for about eight years now. Mm -hmm. um, February made it just over eight years. Wow. Um, so it's been it's been a long but fun ride. And I'm looking forward to, you know, what the rest has in store for us. That's what's up. Well, we, we we know your humble beginnings, but our listeners don't. So can you just tell us a little bit about who Vumi is and how it all began? <laughs> okay. So my name is Vumi Lengube. I'm originally from Zimbabwe, but I came to here to the United States in uh, December of 2000. Um, and we've been residing in the cold, but sometimes cool Southwest part of Michigan. Uh, we can get a little boring at times, but we find a way to make it work. Um, <laughs> I started this company at a very young age. I started in 2012. Uh, was I probably 13 or so wow. um, when I started this company? Um, so really young. Um, my parents actually are the ones that got me started. Um, they're the ones, they actually started planting the seed a lot earlier than when I actually started the business. Um, my parents have always motivated me um, when it comes to music. Um, I've been a musician for you know, a while now I've played piano, bass, drums, you name it. I've been dabbling in a little bit of everything. It looks like I've gravitated towards the piano mostly. Um, but that love of music started from a very young age. Um, and along with that, my parents are very social. So we've always mm -hmm. been going to gatherings, having fun. So, you know, I, I found my love for music and my love for socializing. Um, and along with that, um, I was given an opportunity at a young age, along with Agape, to uh, do some audiovisual work at the church we attended there, the Michigan African Church in Berrien Springs. Um, and so between those three aspects, uh, you know, I found a way to capitalize on something. You know, somebody once told me, you know, find something you're good at and find something you like to do and find a way to get paid for it. That's the go. best way. That's basically what entrepreneurship is about. So that to me just made sense. I love music. I like socializing and I have a pretty good grasp on the, uh, you know, the audio visual aspect of things. So I kind of just took those three things and ran with it. Um, and so my parents kind of got me started 
Um, they gave me kind of an initial investment of about three grand. And with that, we just went out and bought equipment. Um, I had my laptop, a wide variety of music. Um, I love African music. That seems to be our speciality, mm -hmm. but we you know we dabble in a little bit of everything. Um, so with those tools in hand, I started and my first event actually was a Valentine's Day party for my parents and some of their friends um, in South Bend at the Castle Point um, Event Center. So that was my first event, super nervous. You know, it's one thing when you know how to do these things and you're doing it in the background, but when you're a DJ, sometimes you can easily become the center of attention. Right. So, you know, when music cuts out, everybody, ah, DJ, what's going on? You know, especially <laughs> African parties, you know, you feel the pressure when oh, things aren't sure. going the right way. Um, but, it, you know, it was fun. We had fun. The whole night went off without really much of a hitch. Um, and so that was how Nuru Productions was born. The name is just taken from my last name. Um, we produce everything ourselves. Everything we do is kind of authentic um, to us. Um, I have one other person I work with. His name is Nzilla Nandu, who's kind of my partner in crime. And we've been rocking this thing for a while now. Um, and so that's just kind of how Nuru Productions was born. And we've been, you know, we've been having fun. We've been having fun growing and just learning more about the entrepreneurial side, as long as growing as, you know, uh, audiovisual mongols and learning more about the industry and just growing in that regard that's awesome man that's a very very young age to start that so like that can tell you're very oh, yeah. passionate about it and by the time you get going now it's just kind of second nature isn't it exactly yeah and that's and i think that's the cool thing about kind of finding your passions and your dreams young is you have um, a lot of time to not only kind of work it out and perfect your craft um, but you have time to make mistakes when you're young you know you still kind of have a cushion I mean if I made mistakes then it wasn't really affecting anybody but myself it was more of a learning experience so now that I you know I'm doing it at the level and the intensity and the professionalism we're doing um, it's a lot easier for me to you know take bigger risks because a lot of the silly mistakes you make as a young entrepreneur I've kind of made in the past already um, so now growing, it's a lot easier and we can do a lot more just because I'm not as afraid to take risks because I've already kind of worked through the major bugs that a lot of entrepreneurs fall at when they first start. Um, so yeah, getting started young and realizing your dreams. Um, I don't know how some, how young some of your listeners are, but no matter how young you are, you should always follow your dreams. And if you're blessed to have people around you to support you through those dreams, that you cannot trade that for anything in the world because that is what keeps you going, having a good support system. So I appreciate my family and friends for all that. Your parents definitely have always supported you. I mean, I didn't realize that they... At 13 years old, for African parents to say, here's yeah. three grand, go buy yeah. a sound system, like that's very rare to find. So at what oh, point yeah. did you actually start making money out of your business? So um, when we first started, you know, being 13 and making, I think when I first started, uh, the first event I didn't get paid, it was kind of like a payback because my mom was the one actually hosting the right. event. So that was kind okay. of like a payback, a freebie one. Uh, but my first event that I got paid, I want to say it was a graduation party that was held um, in Berrien Springs. I think I charged them something like $50. In hindsight, that Oh, is my gosh. <laughs> I would never charge someone that these days. But, yeah, I think I charged them like 50 bucks. I mean, I'm a 13-year-old kid. So 50 bucks at that Whoa. time was a lot. Now, you can buy it's a lot. Shoes, buy a lot of lollipops. Man, exactly, man. The PlayStation was popping at that time. So I was enjoying my PlayStation, the Xbox. So, you know, at that time, 50 bucks was a lot of money. I could definitely do a lot with that. Um, so I 
I started. How long was with, the event? Oh, I want to say the event was probably somewhere between two and a half to three hours. I mean, it wasn't anything too crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it, unfortunately, was mostly speeches. Mm-hmm. But, you know, made 50 bucks. 50 bucks is 50 bucks. It's right. a good start. Um, so, yeah, that first year was definitely more of, wow, I'm 13 and I am making money on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live life. I'm going to buy shoes. I'm going to buy all this stuff that I want. Um, it probably wasn't until I was about 14, 15 that I started to realize, okay, there's a real capital here. I can make some money out of it, especially mm-hmm. because now I'm not really paying back any loans. My parents kind of gave it to me more of a grant than a loan. So um, it wasn't until I was about you know, 15 that I started realizing, okay, now it's time to start making money. So I guess the business has always been profitable since the beginning, just because we didn't really have the startup cost was an initial investment from my parents. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. after that, everything that I made would should it was either put back into the business or I paid myself with that. Um, So probably around when I was 15, 16. So I want to say maybe 2014 is when we really started to push to make more money. I think we just started slowly increasing um, our prices from there and, you know, adding to our arsenal of equipment. When we first started, we didn't really offer lighting. Now we offer all types of lighting um, and photos, um, not photos, excuse me, video services for like TVs, projectors, stuff like that. Um, so we've definitely grown in our arsenal of things that we can offer our clients. Um, so yeah, the business has basically been profitable its entire time. Now the margin of profit, that's a whole different story. You know, as you grow, you learn to find what you're worth and mm-hmm. identify your worth in that. Um, so as we've grown and we've added to our arsenal, we've, you know, kind of figured out, you know, what the business is worth, what others charge. Um, and I think that's the important thing about being an entrepreneur is doing your research. It's really important to do your research, market research, figuring out, you know, what others in the area are doing and what niche works for you. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. from there, you can you, uh, charge accordingly based on, you know, the market. So as, as we added to our arsenal, we adjusted and, you know, we're able to put a pricing strategy together based on how the market's doing. So nice. So what, um, what was your main client base and then how did you grow it to do the numbers that you're doing now? So our client base, when I first started, <laughs> funny enough, was whoever would pay me. <laughs> I'm 13. Smart. You know, most people are very, uh, very leery of hiring a 13 year old kid to handle it's you know djing is a big responsibility Mm -hmm. between food and djing those are the probably the biggest and most important things of any event Mm -hmm. if one of those two is lacking you are sure people are going to either complain or talk behind your back so (laughs) (laughs) as one of the major aspects um you know you find yourself intimidated at the fact that uh, most people don't want to hire you because you're so young um, so my main client base uh, growing up was just anyone who would hire me, which seemed to typically be people of the African community who knew my parents, who knew who I was and knew kind of what I'd been doing growing up. Mm-hmm. And they kind of already understood how I do things and my responsibility towards what I do. Um, so probably for the first five years of the business, we were focusing mostly on the African community. Um, because in this area, when I started, there wasn't too many African DJs um, I, there was a couple guys in South Bend and then the most of them were either coming from Chicago, Grand Rapids or Indianapolis mm-hmm. from what I could remember. Um, so me being local, especially for some of these smaller functions, you know, a lot of people don't want to travel two hours for a couple hundred bucks. 
So yeah. for a lot of these smaller functions, it kind of gave me a niche market to really get my name out there for people to really know who I am. So a lot of it was, you know, African community events, um, specializing a lot of um, graduations, birthday parties. Um, we started to do weddings probably in our third year. That's when we felt we were comfortable to, you know, take on that kind of responsibility because a wedding versus most other events are completely different. You know, there's a mm -hmm. whole level, different level of planning. Um, and a lot of things, more intricacies that are involved with the wedding than with everything else. Most other things you can just show, play music, you know, have a good time. But with a wedding, there's a lot of things that, you know, most people only get married once. Mm -hmm. So you really have to make that one wedding count for them. Um, and so we've definitely taken the wedding market by storm as of lately, where maybe 80% of our events are weddings oh, wow. um, versus everything else, which is awesome because weddings are a great market i love the wedding market it's fun and it's fun just being a part of you know sunday special day that's a mm -hmm. huge responsibility but also a rewarding one because you see how happy the bride is the groom is the families are and how everybody really got to enjoy that day what are some challenges that you face along the way with our community the african community <laughs> <laughs> oh man well also yeah, being so young yeah exactly being being young, I think, has always kind of been my back foot in this race. I've always kind of started um, with that being not let me not say a negative, but my biggest challenge. Um, so being young, especially when it comes to getting paid, and so once mm -hmm. you start asking for a certain amount of money, people are looking at you kind of sideways. Like, wait a minute, you are how old asking for how much? <laughs> like, no, there's no way I'm giving you. You, I saw so you grow crap. up. What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, do you know who I am? I'm your uncle, you know, I just, you know, it's just like, come on, man. This, it's one thing when we're family, but this is business. Come on, let's, let's make this work. But yeah, um, that has always been my challenge. So one of my biggest challenges was just people paying me what I was worth. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I had a lot of wedding or a lot of events, let me not even say weddings, but a lot of events where I was undercut for my services, where I had to kind of negotiate down from where I felt I was worth, mm -hmm. which in hindsight was unfair to me and I should have stood my ground, but you've learned your lessons, um, especially as a growing entrepreneur, because sometimes you just want to get that money in. Sometimes mm -hmm. you need to get that money in. Um, so that has always been, but I've gotten very good as of late of making sure I'm sticking to what I'm worth. And I've actually found that when you stick to what you're worth, you always get the higher caliber events. You know, people respect you more for that. And it's easier for you to, you know, when you set a standard and you stay at that standard or go above that standard, if you start going below, it's going to be harder for you to bring yourself back up to that standard. Once you start stooping mm. down, it's extremely difficult. So I found there was, you know, a couple people that were repeat customers. And I found that once I started increasing my prices, they were furious. They were not having it. Like, you're charging me how much to do what? When last year you charged me, it's like, okay, I understand that there is a price difference, but you also have to understand we've grown in the last year, we've, since the last time we did business, we've added equipment, we've improved our quality and things of that nature. So it's fair for me to charge more and it, it would be unfair for me to charge you so little, yet I'm charging everybody else so much. Mm -hmm. So you have to start to find um, the, the line between charging what you're worth and being nice. You know, being nice in business is, is good, but sometimes you have to just keep it strictly business. Like, hey, you know, I need to make money. There's people that need to be paid. There's expenses that need to be covered because as you grow, also your cost of production grows too. 
You know, we've gotten to the point where I can't do an event without a trailer. Everything has to go in a trailer. That's how much equipment we bring to events now. Where in the past, you know, I could fit everything in the backseat of a small car. Mm-hmm. So growing with that, you know, you have to you have to also grow financially because if you're not growing, you know, there's no point in being business. Now it's just a hobby. Right. Um, so definitely getting paid what you're worth was a big challenge in the beginning, but we're definitely working and getting better at making sure we're sticking to our standards and improving our standards um, for all of our customers. Um, another thing I think we found challenging was um, a lot of individuals wait until the last minute to give you information. Um, so when you know when you're dealing with weddings, like it's really difficult for you to have a perfect wedding without a hitch when you're giving me all the information about your wedding a month before the date. It can be mm-hmm. very challenging because now I'm planning everything last minute. Um, so one thing that we definitely had a huge challenge in was waiting until last minute. I remember there was an event I had, I want to say in 2017, where the bride didn't confirm that she wanted to hire us as um, their DJ service until a month before the wedding. At that point, I had already scheduled. I was supposed to work that weekend. I had a whole bunch of stuff going on that weekend already. So now I'm scrambling, trying to make it work for them because they had the assumption that because we had communicated, hey, or they had expressed interest that they were interested in us, <laughs> and we had automatically just booked them. And, hey, like, no, business doesn't work that way. Right. If you're not, if I'm not sure that you're hiring me, I'm not going to just block off everything in hopes, sitting, waiting <laughs> that you're going to hire me. Um, so when she called me, it was like, yeah, it was about a month before asking if we're still good. I'm like, still good for what? <laughs> There's no deposit, no contract. We haven't communicated anything i don't even know what time your event starts so we can't be good so but it ended up working we ended up doing the event it was difficult um but come to find out we weren't the only vendors that were treated that way so it made me feel a little bit better that i wasn't just being the only one thrown under the bus but you know it's it's a part of business sometimes you gotta play with the cards you're dealt um so as business uh owners that's been the two biggest things um just last minute planning mm-hmm. and finances just getting everybody to pay me what i'm worth i mean i remember one time i had a customer that disappeared after her event didn't answer her phone no text messages didn't leave any sort of payment with anybody and i was in a panic because that was a 1200 dollars event like hey you know you still owe us quite a <laughs> bit of money i need my money so, <laughs> I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to their house in hopes that they're there. And they were there getting ready to go on their honeymoon. I was knocking on that door like, hey, guys. I love that, man. I love that. Congratulations, y'all are married. So y'all can figure this out together. Oh, my gosh. So that one was an interesting one. And I hope I never have to do that again. But I guess that's why you have contracts in place, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You organize all that stuff ahead of time. And now I've made it a very good point to get a contact person that if the couple disappears that I have somebody else that I'm looking to and I let them know hey if they're gone I'm looking to you for my money <laughs> so one of you guys has to have it so let's make it work but um yeah those two things have been a big challenge wow man <laughs> that's awesome though I love that <laughs> so <laughs> speaking on the uh, growth and upscaling what what are your what do you envision for the future of the business like how big do you want to get it or do you have a plan going forward Obviously, right now, things are kind of in a slowdown with Corona, but give us uh, your vision. 
Yeah, so our vision, um, yeah, the coronavirus has definitely kind of made things interesting for 2020. 2020 was looking to be our most profitable and biggest year. Yeah, we were almost scheduled to have a wedding every weekend this summer. Oh, wow. Oh, um, but because of that, they've cut back. A lot of people are either rescheduling or basically switching to very intimate um, wedding ceremonies, and that's about it. No receptions because you're limited in the type of gatherings you can have. Um but our overall vision, um, we definitely want to continue scaling up on our wedding industry, um, keeping it consistent to at least ever a wedding every weekend if we can, doing our best to fill up you know, um, our wedding season with events. Um, we're also working more towards conferences now, um, doing live sound for conferences. We had um, scheduled this year, though it's not happening, a camp meeting for a uh, the Ethiopian community that they have um, semi-annually. Yeah, I think actually annually. Um, at Andrews University. Um, and so that was gonna be a week long project. We were gonna be offering um, audio, lighting and video for them. Um, they were gonna be live, live streaming their services. So we're gonna be offering all that for them. Um, and so that was looking to be a really good event. Um, we've done it before, but you know, this year we were adding some more to the arsenal. Um, so going forward, we're looking to do definitely more conferences um, continue with our wedding industry. And then also with concerts, we've started doing more concerts. Um, we're really looking to boost our live sound, um, basically concerts, things of that nature, where it's not necessarily that we're playing music, but we're still providing the audio aspect of it. So, hey buddy. Um, so with all that, um, that's basically our next five years is really investing in those two industries, just growing those. Um, and then we're also looking to slowly get into the photo and video industry because we're getting a lot of clients requesting that. Um, and, you know, sometimes it can be hard to turn away that kind of business, um, especially when, you know, uh, you have good friends that aren't able to do it and then they have to turn outside to, you know, other event services. So it's kind of, an, you know, a challenge to give away those. So we're looking to add to that. Um, but we're taking it slow, definitely focusing on our core business what we started with which is audio and video um audio and audio visual excuse me um sound and visual projections and things of that nature and lighting so has has this been your primary source of income um it's been a large part of it it's not i wouldn't say it's my primary source um i definitely have been blessed with the ability to dabble in a lot of different industries um, so up until about a couple weeks ago, I was heavy into the automotive industry, working for a dealership, um, the Audi dealership locally. Um, so I was doing that and then also, you know, mover productions. And then as a musician too, um, as a musicians, I do quite a bit, um, playing the piano, um, and, you know, producing for other people. So those three things have been my main source of income. And I'm also back in school, um, trying to get into another career industry so i'm working towards being becoming a software developer wow. um so that's the goal for this you know this next coming two years um to get that degree knocked out um and i think liver productions will always be a large part of that um but i don't think it's going to always be my main source or my largest portion of income because i'm also working towards investing real estate investing and things of that nature um, so I'm trying to diversify my portfolio because what I learned with coronavirus is that if you only have one source of income, you are in trouble. <laughs> so, if, you know, if you're only leaning towards that one thing or those two things, you know, you're going to run out of, you know, ways for, to bring that money in, especially if that one of those things is severed off. Um, because we were definitely expecting a lot more income than we brought in this year. 
but you know not much we can do about it we just got to keep moving and adjusting and doing what we can so definitely going forward diversifying my portfolio not only as a you know as an individual but as a business owner and getting into more things as the newer production brand so that we can you know continue to make money even if we're not doing what we typically do multiple streams of income is very important yes that's awesome man so like uh with all of that how what's your how do you schedule things how do you stay productive in like in the summer in the busy season like what as, as an entrepreneur that doing hand juggling so many different projects how do you stay on top of all those all those things i think for me um the two biggest things is definitely planning i like to definitely have my days planned out um because i find that if i don't plan out my days i'm very scatterbrained so i'm going to try and attempt 100 different projects and probably not get very far with many of them if i don't kind of plan out my day um i'm very good at is once i get focused on something is honing in and focusing on and completing that task so my biggest thing is time management definitely managing my time um you know at the beginning of each week i write out my plan for the week what i'm going to be doing on such and such a day what my goals are for that day what i need to accomplish um so time management and also just um keeping myself accountable mm-hmm. you know once you get to a certain age you, your responsibilities grow um you're no longer a kid anymore you can't you know rely on mom and dad for everything you have to grow so keeping myself accountable has definitely become very important making sure that not only am i completing my goals but i'm setting a new standard every day for me to get better and better as an individual uh you know the older you get especially once you start juggling relationships and all that kind of stuff in that you definitely have to get good at being not only being accountable because <laughs> the girl won't be waiting for you all day if you say oh you know i have all these business things so you know you have to <laughs> adjust and make yourself accountable and make sure you're uh, allocating your time properly because there's definitely <laughs> different time requirements <laughs> as you grow. Um, uh, any business owner will tell you that, that you really have to, because you don't want to become the workaholic, mm-hmm. you know, all work and no play kind of kills the joys of life. So you also have to enjoy life a little bit. Um, so accountability and time management are the biggest two things that, you know, keep me going and allow me to accomplish as much as I have accomplished and to continue to uh, accomplish more. Well, it sounds like you have a lot going on. And um, when do you have the time to play? Because it sounds like it's all work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely find, you know, times to enjoy life. Like last year, I took about a month off. No school. I wasn't in school. I wasn't at work. Um, wasn't doing any music. And actually, me and my boys took a, a trip. So we were gone for about mm, three and three weeks or so. Um, it ended up being a month total that I was off from, you know, all my other responsibilities. But, you know, you have to definitely slot in the time to enjoy life. Um, we take family vacations with my family every year. Um, so that's definitely a highlight of my summer sometimes is just making sure to spend time with my family. Because once you grow older, you don't realize how much you cherish those moments with your family. Um, you know, when you're busy 11 months out of the year, those four weeks that you get to spend with your family can make a huge impact. That's for me, that's my rejuvenation. That's how I get, you know, reset to continue attacking my goals. So um, definitely just making sure I schedule time for friends, family, um, and just enjoying life. Um, It's funny because a lot of the times I am one of those people that I won't stop working until I am burned out. You know, there was one week I did basically stuff from Wednesday Till Tuesday the next week between rehearsals. I had two events that weekend. 
um, there was just so much going on that I basically did not sleep. I think I was sleeping on the average like two hours a night. So with all of that, it just made it extremely tired. I was exhausted by the time that week was done. So I vowed to myself never to be that tired again. <laughs> it is not healthy at all. Um, so now I've definitely made it a point to get my rest in and to definitely make sure I spend time with my family and friends and just enjoy life. Mm -hmm. Life's too short. You never know. Every day is a blessing. So and just enjoy life. For sure. What's What would you say is your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? You know, I think for me, it's just accomplishing your goals and, you know, overcoming challenges. I find problem solving really fun. I enjoy problem solving and coming up with new ways to, you know, be better myself and to do things more efficiently. And um, so for me, one of my joys is just becoming better and, you know, problem solving and figuring out what can I do differently this year? How can I give my clients something that, you know, will leave a lasting impression that will want them to, you know, recommend us to their friends and their family or hire us for, you know, their future events. Um, so that's definitely been my goal as an entrepreneur to just become better and better each year to offer more and more and just continue to increase my quality um, as a business owner. Um, so that is probably my favorite thing. And also in our business, you get to see a lot of happy people. I mean, Usually mm -hmm. when people are at parties and weddings and stuff, they're having a good time. They're enjoying themselves. So, you know, it's rarely stressful. The planning stages can kind of be stressful, but in the moment, it's usually a lot of fun, especially because now we've worked out most of the bugs that are most of our events go off without a hitch. So most of the time we're just enjoying ourselves, laughing around. Um, and a lot of the events we do, we have friends there as well. So, you know, getting to kick it with your friends is also a good bonus, just having fun. Your job is like bringing joy paid to parties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what was that agape? Sorry. I said your job is to bring joy to these parties and events. So that's exactly, cool. man. Um, our our motto is to make every occasion memorable. So we definitely strive to make sure everybody has a good time um, because, yeah, that is our job. Um, the food is to make everybody full and we have to make them full as far as enjoying themselves. You know, by the time we're done, everybody should be tired and ready to go home. After that, we didn't do a good job. So <laughs> I, I definitely enjoy making people happy and having people enjoy our services. Nice. Uh, to kind of piggyback off that, what's been one of your most satisfying um, moments in, in, the, in your business? Mm, that's a good one. Let's see. Um, I think the best or the most satisfying, I wouldn't say it was a specific moment, um, but once we get into a new niche, having that as part of our, you know, repertoire of like, hey, this is what we've done. Mm -hmm. So I remember my very first wedding, I was nervous, super nervous, but that was probably one of my best events just because I'm the type of person that I get an adrenaline rush. And when I'm nervous, I usually perform my best because, you know, I'm very particular on how things will go. Um, so accomplishing that first wedding was like not only a sigh of relief, but also like, man, that was cool. We should do that again. So getting into, you know, the different uh, markets and you know, finding new ways to innovate us uh, as a business, as always, once you do that first event, you know, it's always there's just a rush. I can't explain it. It's really, it's, I think it's kind of like just learning a new skill mm -hmm. and perfecting it to the point where people are telling you, Hey, you know, you're pretty good at this. I think that's always just a good feeling. So that to me is always the best feeling. Um, is just, you know, having our affirmation from others saying that, Hey, you know, you guys did a good job with this, especially if it's our first time doing. 
It's like yeah. leveling up in the business each time. Exactly, exactly. Growing and just getting better. I mean, I remember our first concert too. Um, you know, that concert was, it was fun. It was a gospel concert at Andrews University. Um, and, you know, it was one of those where halfway through the concert, I'm like, man, I can't believe I pulled this off. Like it was a pretty <laughs> large scale production. And so getting to that point where you even shock yourself, I think is always cool. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, I've been to a lot of your events and you're yeah. always amazing. Like I, yeah. I think everybody in that community, when they go to a party, they, who's who's DJing? Is Boomy yeah. here? If it's not, yeah. they're like, Ugh, you know, but one thing that I, 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 command you for is you DJ a lot of different um cultures and somehow you always know like the the right songs for the weddings and you know <laughs> yeah. how do you do that do you actually go and put in the work to uh do the research or how how have you been so good at that I've always wondered you like because when you're at a Rundi's wedding you're playing Rundi's music you're a Zimbabwean wedding you're a Kenyan wedding it's like wow I'm really yeah. blown away by that yeah, it's interesting. And I think that comes back to not only the research thing, but just having a passion for music. Mm. Um, so me and my uh, my partner, the guy in Zilla that we do a lot of events with, we always throw music back and forth at each other. You know, the cool thing about music is I haven't found anybody that hates music. There's not one person <laughs> in the world that can say that they hate music. Um, if you find somebody, they must have a terrible life because right. almost no one hates music. So having, you know... The, the joy of music, I think, makes it that much more fun because we're listening to different types of music. The other day I was rocking it to some bachata in the car, just enjoying, you know, enjoying mm -hmm. some Hispanic music. I listen to, I listen to, the only music that I'm kind of timid on is some heavy rock and roll, but everything else <laughs> I get down with. Classical jazz, Caribbean music, Latino music, everything. I, I enjoy it all. So um, having that love for music, I think, is what makes it kind of easier when you get to those kinds of events where you're juggling a crowd that has so many different cultures. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that everybody had a good time. Yeah, mm -hmm. the bride and groom and, you know, the family or, you know, whatever event you're doing are the, you know, the main people that you have to make sure are happy. But everybody came to enjoy the wedding. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just them. Um, so you have to kind of get good at reading the crowd, doing your research. Um, and I think it also comes down to the questions you ask. I do a lot of prep work in my weddings that I'm trying to do my best to find out all this information beforehand. So I kind of have a mindset when I'm going into it, like, okay, this is the type of crowd, you know, these are the ages groups that I'm probably going to see. Um, these are, you know, the people, these are the types of people I'm going to see, you know, you're going to see a lot of Africans, you're going to see a lot of Americans, Hispanics, you know, you're going to see a lot of different types of people. So doing your research and knowing what you're going to get into ahead of time makes it a lot easier. And then I think also comes, it comes with experience. Mm -hmm. The longer you do it, the more, you know, those crowd crowd pleasers, what people like to get up to and dance to. Um, so experience also plays a role in that, but I think just having a love for music has always made it a lot easier for me, just knowing, you know, what gets people going and you just, because a lot of the music that we play is music that we listen to on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm basically just taking music you already like and just playing it again. Like, my job isn't that hard. <laughs> but I think it's just knowing what gets people going, what people enjoy. And I think also socializing. You know, mm. I go to a lot of parties on my own where I'm not the DJ or a lot of weddings or, you know, things where I'm not the DJ. So seeing how other people do it. <laughs> I remember when I first started, my parents will tell you, I was probably watching videos of different DJs every day. Wow. Like I was seeing how they do, how they set up their equipment, how they, you know, handle the crowd, how they, 
just how they do their industry. I think studying your industry is very important as an entrepreneur. Mm. It's one thing to do it as a hobby, but when you want to make a capital out of it, you really got to study it and see what other people do. So for me, I spent countless hours before before my parents. I think that's what kind of gave my parents the the motivation to allow me to have that kind of um, or for them to invest that kind of money into me because they knew how badly I wanted it. Mm. You know, I was really invested in learning how to do this thing and do it right. Um, and even mm. to this day, you know, I still, the other day, I probably spent a couple hours watching different DJs, how they mix, how they do their sets, you know, listening to all different types of music. Um, I did go to conventions on some of the equipment, um, trying to get the state of the art equipment, all that kind of stuff, you know, is just as important as just knowing music. Um, you really have to invest in yourself and invest in your business. That's the only way to get good at it. Facts, man. Hmm. So, like, obviously, you're a student of your craft, which uh, has led yeah. to your success. Would you say most of the work that goes into a successful um, event is beforehand and not the actual DJing at the party? Yeah, I, I think probably 60 to 70 percent of the event is the prep, mm. because if you're not prepared, you are more than likely going to have issues. I mean, a week prior, I'm doing so much. I'm making sure that all the equipment is good. I'm doing testing on everything. Um, the day before an event, I set up everything and check it and make sure everything's good. Everything runs good. Make sure, you know, the sound is good. Um, and even the day of the event, I'm making sure I'm getting there with enough time before the event to check everything so that if there is some sort of crazy thing that happens, I have enough time to adjust and, you know, either go to my backup plan or do whatever I need to do to make sure that event goes off successfully. Um, so it's very critical to plan, um, you know, and that's why it, it makes it challenging when you get events where you're getting information last minute, because it's hard to plan something you don't know. Um, so, you know, when you give me plenty of time to plan, I can almost guarantee you that we won't have any issues. You know, I'm talking to wedding coordinators before the event. I'm talking to the, you know, the, the location, making sure that everything is clear, because now that a lot of our gear I have to move in a trailer. I have to make sure I can get that trailer, you know, close to as close to the building as possible. And I have an easy way of accessing the, you know, the event center or the room where the event's going to be to make sure I get all that gear. Because now I'm dealing with, you know, some speakers that are upwards of a hundred pounds. No one wants to carry a hundred pounds upstairs. That's not fun, especially a big bulky speaker. So um, mm -hmm. planning is definitely crucial. Um, and along with that is making sure, you know, you have good power because, Nothing is worse and more heartbreaking than your DJing and the power cuts out. Oh, man. That is the worst feeling in the world because that's one of those things that, okay, what do I do now? Now you have to wait for the event center to get, you know, the power back up and it can be very frustrating. So I had that happen, you know, the first couple of years I was doing it. But after that, I got very meticulous about making sure, you know, I stick to my requirements, especially when it comes to power, because you don't, when you're starting to run a lot of this uh, high-end equipment if you don't have the right power you are going to trip a breaker and all that stuff is going to shut down luckily we haven't had that in a long time and we want to keep it that way <laughs> um so planning is very important that's what's up man so if you're last minute person you can't be a dj <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i've gotten to the point where you know people will ask me you know weeks before their event i tell them no there's absolutely no way i can do what you're asking me to do in this amount of time because most people think it's just showing up and, right. and, play. and playing music yeah. and then leaving. It's really not because we're usually there four or five hours before the event. 
and three hours after the event. Our setups have gotten so large scale that we are we spend a lot of time. You know, most people are there for five hours. We're there ten plus. Mm. So we've oh my. There's a large time investment along with meetings and you know checking out the venue and all this stuff. You know, it's it's a lot more than just the day of at this point. You know, when you're operating at a large scale, you really have to think. You know what could go wrong and plan for it and account for that. Um, so our 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 industry is definitely one of those industries where you can't go without planning. Mm -hmm. Maybe when you're just doing mm -hmm. backyard parties, you can kind of get away with it. But <laughs> above that, outside of that, especially when you're charging the you know the amount of money we charge, it it's almost impossible to do it without planning. Like I can't pull off a you know a large scale wedding a week before. It's right. it's nearly impossible or you won't get good quality. And I right. hate to give somebody something that I wouldn't want to pay for myself. I mean, the good thing I can say is everything that we offer is something I would pay for myself. Mm. So having that kind of mentality allows you and make sure you stay accountable to having the highest level of quality you can. Nice, man. Well, you've, you've broken down that industry and entrepreneurship a lot this whole conversation. Um, unfortunately, we're getting to the end of our time. But I want to give you this opportunity. One, shout out some of your stuff. If people want to find you, uh, to book you, how do they do that? And then also, what's like one last piece of advice you'd give to somebody that wants to pursue either the industry or just entrepreneurship in general? Well, but before you do that, I, ha I have one last question. Oh, sorry, okay. What is the big, uh, can you give me like at least five uh, big, your biggest pet peeves as a DJ? From the crowd. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's a long list. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've had some interesting events, man. Like when I think back on some of the stuff we've had to deal with <laughs> as an industry and as a business, you find some characters. Um, definitely one of my biggest pet peeves is being talked down to. Don't talk to me like you don't like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. Like that is one of the most annoying things because if you were so good and you knew what you were doing you would have been up here doing it yourself so don't talk to me like you like i don't know what i'm doing that just drives me up the wall mm -hmm. um secondly um being irresponsible as far as the client goes you know as a business we have a lot of responsibilities ourselves but you as a client also have some responsibilities for example you know letting us know information on time but also things like payment like i shouldn't have to chase you down for payment that's just you came to me as you know as a service provider. So it doesn't make sense for me to be chasing you down from money after an event, because this was your event. I didn't host this event, you did. So <laughs> all of this was discussed prior. So I don't know why I'm having to chase you down. Um, so definitely being responsible people, irresponsible clients can make it kind of frustrating. Um, I, we've also gotten to the point where we're doing um, events that involve a lot of alcohol. So, you know, when people get a little careless, we, I understand you're under the influence, but please don't go shaking a speaker stand. I have insurance, <laughs> but I really don't want to utilize that insurance or jumping up on a speaker and dancing on it. Like That's not oh the wisest gosh. thing. So, yeah, I've seen some crazy stuff and it's just, come on, guys. Like, I know you're under the influence, but common sense tells you this is probably not the wisest thing. Um, so those three things, I think, are my biggest things. Um, and then I think another thing that bothers me that I guess is more on me than anything is when something goes wrong and I didn't account for it. It's kind of one of those things like, oh, come on, really? I didn't think about that. 
it's one of those frustrating moments. So, um, but that's more on me just working to become better at improving myself. That's something that comes with, you know, just always pushing the bar and becoming better. Um, but as far as the events go, yeah, those are the, <laughs> those are the big ones. Just responsibility all around. I think just makes it easier on everybody. But wow. actually, that... I'm surprised you didn't mention, um, people asking, like making song requests. Like I'm surprised that didn't make your list. You know, that's it's not annoying. Interesting. There was, there was a point where it was annoying, but you get to a point where, you know, this event isn't necessarily for you. Yeah. We are here to facilitate a lot of it, but at the end of the day, the guests and the client are the most important people. So you kind of get to a point where you just roll with the punches when it comes to requests. Um, we found ways to kind of minimize that like for a lot of events as of late we're offering text requests so that people don't have to come to our booth every oh. five minutes to ask so you can just text us our uh, your request um but that's one of those added costs that we because it takes some time you know now i'm having to have you know extra cellular service and all that stuff so that comes as an added cost so it's implementing that we're implementing that slowly and making it a standard at all our events but that has definitely helped minimize you know everybody coming up every five seconds um but you get used to it it's one of those things you just get used to people are going to make requests somebody's going to come up and ask for that song that you played 20 minutes ago <laughs> I, I, it's it's crazy how many times that happens like did you not hear me play that song 20 minutes ago like you were here weren't you or so it's that, playing that, right that, now yeah like, play it again it's funny that sometimes we can read people and we know what they're going to ask for next and when they come make a request like yeah we already know it's coming don't worry it's coming. <laughs> So you, you get to a point where you just roll with the punches when it comes to requests because, man, some people can get irritating. You know, there's there's a, a community that I do events for, and there's this one lady that if I know she's there, she will <laughs> without fail ask for at least three songs that I know offhand and probably 10 others that I haven't heard of. Like, she <laughs> always is very sure that she's coming to my booth to ask for all these requests and it's interesting but you get used to it you really do that's hilarious yeah um but, but you know sh shouting out our business um you can find us on almost all social media smoother productions almost anywhere you look smoother productions on facebook instagram um we don't do twitter as much just because it's an interesting thing for for us but uh we're working towards you know finding ways to reach out to our clients and then letting them know you know when we have something coming because we're also working on some contractual work with some um event centers and some clubs so we want to you know be able to let our people know those who are low and liver productions um customers that hey you know there's this event going on it's open to the public so you guys come on through um has been doing a lot of stuff for uh, some places locally so he's definitely you know, pushing the envelope when it comes to um, exploring the music industry. So as a whole, we definitely have a lot of stuff coming in the next, you know, couple years. And we're definitely working on ways to make sure our clients are aware. So you can find us almost online anywhere at Mover Productions. Um, and as far as advice for young entrepreneurs, I think the one thing is just to always chase your dreams. Nothing's impossible. I think if you get that mentality out of your mind that nothing is impossible, you can do anything you want. Um, when it comes to your limits, it's all in the mind. Like everything you limit yourself to is all in the mind. So um, now that I've kind of adjusted my mentality and knowing that nothing is impossible and that I can really set my mind to anything, 
and accomplish it, I think that has made it a lot easier for me to accomplish my goals. Um, so just know that nothing is impossible. You just, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm. If you show dedication, effort, and you know, the world will reward you for all your hard work. So just keep pushing and finding new ways to make yourself better. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a great conversation. No problem, guys. Thank you for having me. Um, it was fun. I definitely enjoy talking to you guys. And it's always good when we get to link up. Always. Thank you again for making the time. And hopefully this corona thing can end and you can get back to business. Make and some we money. Are ready. We are ready. Um, <laughs> definitely for the postponed weddings we have this summer. A lot of the ones that are going to be later in the fall, we're definitely looking forward to enjoying that because we know that everybody's going to be coming to those weddings to get de-stressed because you it's going people out. So yeah. we're definitely looking forward to being able to just have fun with people again. Yeah, it's going to be hopefully a good rest of the year once this whole thing subsides. Well, good I luck know. to you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you and to all our listeners. Until next time. You've been listening to IPU Podcast. You can follow IPU Podcast on Instagram. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another inspiring story. Follow your passion. It will lead you to your purpose. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time.